Evil to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. 10-1-9-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-
I'm just super grateful for everything, guys. I'm going to get right into the episode. A couple of things, as always, I just want to cover. And, and obviously, this episode is brought to you by True Temper Hockey. I've partnered with True Hockey for uh, the Rollerblade across Canada. I'm looking forward to getting out there and connecting with people. And uh, I know my friend Zach's doing it right now for the environment. And uh, I'm hoping to be able to connect with him. Uh, he actually just messaged me. And I think hopefully tomorrow I'm going to get out to skate with him. But if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, make sure you check him out on Instagram at Blading for Bees. Uh, awesome guy. I got some bearings from him, from my people at Sonic who are taking care of me on the bearing side. Thank you to Cliff G from Sonic LA down there in California. Uh, I'm really looking forward to connecting with Zach. So make sure you check out what he's doing. He's, I think, 6,500 kilometers in. He's actually going to set the world record, the Guinness World Record, which I am not. I'm not, that's not my mission, but I support him 100%. And uh, he's been chugging along. So make sure you check out Zach at Blading for Bees. Uh, you guys know, if you've watched this show, I often, all the time, actually talk about those that we've lost. And uh, before I do the in memory of tonight's episode, I just want to just ex extend my deepest condolences um, just to the entire state of Minnesota and the family of Sophie Whelan. Like, we just last Tuesday, we had a 14-year-old girl take her own life, a hockey player, and... Uh, I'm going to do some more information and research before I really post anything more about it. But I just want to send my deepest condolences to her family and to the friends and teammates and everybody that was in her community. You know, everything that I do is in memory of all those we've lost. And just while I'm on here, she's now in the picture. But there's another young girl in that picture now, too, by the name of Amanda Todd up in the top right corner. And I'm actually from Port Coquitlam, the same hometown she was she was from as well. I actually coached her in hockey uh, and she tragically took her own life about 10 years ago and uh, just recently talked to her mom, Carol, who used to be a supervisor at my high school and my middle school and I think actually my elementary school as well. Uh, but I was her personal coach for a number of years uh, on and off and it made headlines and was, you know, Carol's done a lot of work in the bullying community and uh, the suicide prevention community. So I just want to make a note of that. Uh, from my hometown, Amanda Todd. Uh, but every episode, we honor one of those that we've lost, and tonight is no different. Uh, tonight, we're remembering Tom Cavanaugh, originally from Warwick, Rhode Island. Tom Cavanaugh was drafted in 2001 by the San Jose Sharks in the sixth round, 182nd overall. He was a Harvard University graduate. He played six years in the American Hockey League. He played one game for the San Jose Sharks, where he recorded an assist during the 07-08 season and tragically in 2011 he took his own life and uh you know this is just one of many stories we hear a lot of the guys who played pro hockey um i vow to do everything in my power to to just be a small part to bring change to remember these individuals but to just offer support to anyone suffering and that really is what puck support is all about and if you don't know what it is, check out PuckSupport.com. We have a long ways to go, but we have exciting news uh, coming down the pipe in the fall. So stay tuned for that. And obviously the rollerblade that I'm going to be doing is going to be under the Puck Support Network, which is uh, very exciting. But we're just thinking of the Kavanaugh family and all of his family and, and friends and teammates. It's, uh, it's a tragedy uh, and he'll never, ever be forgotten here at Puck Support. We're going to do one sponsor, guys, and we're going to get right into the episode with Curtis Gabriel. Hockey to Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. 
It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to Aubrey at PrideTape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, Aubrey at PrideTape.com. You can find PrideTape on Facebook.com slash PrideTape, on Twitter at PrideTape, and at PrideTape on Instagram. PrideTape thanks all of you for being champions for change. You guys are going to probably hear all about PrideTape. The only reason I'm partnered with them is because of my guests. We're going to give away a couple rolls. I think we're also going to give away one of these puck support green biscuits. I got multi colors. I got blue ones, yellow ones and stuff. Shout out to Tom Peterson, former NHLer for hooking these up. Anyways, you guys know how this goes. We'll see in about two and a half minutes, keeping them nice and short now. Back on February 14th of this year, episode 26 of Hockey to Hell and Back featured Curtis Gabriel, then of the San Jose Sharks. Since that time, Curtis and I have become quite close, keeping in constant contact, and I can't tell you what an inspiration this guy has been and continues to be, not just in my life, but in the lives of so many others. Aside from being an NHL hockey player, Curtis Gabriel has really established himself as a leader, especially surrounding the topics of equality and his ongoing support of the LGBTQ communities. After coming on my show, Curtis helped me partner with Pride Tape. Not only does Curtis use Pride Tape on the knob of his stick for every game, he also took it a step further by having his skates custom done with the Pride flag in visible display. Our last conversation on this podcast was mostly about these issues and how we can truly make hockey for everyone. Curtis's work goes far beyond just the hockey community, but it's really in our sport of hockey that he's making the biggest difference. Just recently, Luke Prokop became the first NHL prospect to come out openly gay. Luke is a prospect of the Nashville Predators, and this truly is a monumental moment. And I firmly believe that this doesn't happen without the tireless work of guys like Brock McGillis and Curtis Gabriel. This past season, Curtis was not a full-time NHL player. And this is what really caught my attention. The fact that his job was not solidified, but he was still going above and beyond to do everything that he could to stand for the things that he believes in. Curtis garnered a lot of attention, and rightfully so. He was one of three finalists for the King Clancy Memorial Award at this year's NHL Awards. And though Pekka walked away with the honors, and with absolutely no disrespect to Rene, in my mind, Curtis Gabriel is the true winner. Since the end of the season, he's been so busy working on so many different campaigns, doing everything that he possibly can to make a difference in this world that is often so full of hate. To me, it's really a privilege to call Curtis a friend, and I don't want to waste any more time trying to talk about him because you guys really want to hear from him. So let's bring him in, a true leader and an inspiration, currently in Toronto, Ontario, my good pal, Curtis Gabriel. That's the one, right? Cool. That sounds good. I love the intros now. You're doing them pre-taped and everything. That's sweet. Yeah, buddy. How are you, man? 
doing pretty well. Doing pretty well in London, Ontario. Oh, you're in but, London. Yes, I thought sir. you were. I thought you were in Toronto for some reason. Is that where you're staying, London? Yeah, I live in London, so I just go into Toronto for certain things with my girlfriend, or you know, see Brock. That's about it. Yeah, I um, usually see Brock on the trips to see my girlfriend. But yeah, London's London's a good spot for hockey training. Lots of good players here, and not as busy as as Toronto. Uh, my girlfriend's from a small town, so it's kind of like meeting in the middle. There you go. Yeah. London is a, a great little hockey town, man. I, I, yeah, for whatever reason, I thought you were like right downtown Toronto. Um, but it seems to me you're just down there quite a bit, but man, thanks for doing this and thanks for being on the show before. And just thanks for being such a great friend, man, checking in on me. And, uh, you know, I know you're so busy, so man, I just appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Happy to be here. We, uh, we knew everybody came on the first time. I knew I was going to be back multiple times. Uh, we had a great <laughs> chat and, uh, I think what you're doing is awesome for hockey and, and we're continuing to need more people to speak about these things and, you know, can't always speak about them when you're in the game as much. Uh, you're trying to walk that line and, and, uh, but it's important. We have people like you that are staying in the game from outside, working on these things, keeping, you know, things that are happening like uh, you just spoke about here with the people taking their own lives, um, kind of keep shining a light on that. Well, I appreciate that, man. Thanks. But, you know, you mentioned it's hard to do it while you're, you're in the game, but that's, exactly what you've been doing man and that to me still and i i told you this multiple times it just it's absolutely mind-blowing and so like my first question for you kurt like right off the hop is you know from the initial time when you started to really you know speak out but not just that but display you know your support um throughout the nhl like how has it changed from that first initial moment where you were like hey i'm gonna you know take this head on until where we are now for you personally yeah um well (laughs) <laughs> What's changed a lot is just my understanding of it. I had no clue, really. When I first did it, I had no idea what I was stepping into. Uh, but for me, the biggest change, and I've been talking about it a lot lately with Brock and the different things we're doing, is just like the visibility where, you know, some people can think that sometimes the visibility is a little performative and there's not much behind it, but I just think it's so visible now. I think everybody's aware that this is coming. And obviously with Luke Prokop coming out, it's already here now. So I, I think that's what's changed is just that, you know, maybe when I put on the pride tape in 2019, February, like maybe a quarter of the population kind of hockey cared about it. I think now everybody has no choice, but to know it's here, it's, it's coming. And there's only going to be more and more uh, really probably an avalanche probably every year going forward, there's going to be, you know, one's going to become three, become six, become 10, become yeah. just going to keep going. So for me, it's just the, the awareness of it. And I think, the awareness has to be there right before any change is made. You talk about any issue, you have to have awareness and the wherewithal to know what's going on to then implement a change. Well, man, I'm telling you, guys like Brock and yourself have been instrumental in you know this and and the the people, the great people from Pride Tape and um, you know there's some people behind the scenes as well too. But you know between you and Brock, I mean, you two were really the the ones in my mind that have really in the hockey community kind of put themselves out there. And you mentioned you know not really understanding what it was going to entail. And you know I can kind of level with you on a on a smaller scale maybe because I kind of feel the same with kind of the things that I'm doing right and my um my following uh my status in the community i'm not an nhl player like you and so i can only imagine the ongoing you know conversations that you're having with people reaching out to you and um how has it been i mean it's great but how have you been holding up with you know your own mental health and making sure that you're taking time for yourself as well 
Yeah, yeah, it definitely gets overwhelming. I think um, I learned through making mistakes, like we all do. You know, um, I think I was being—I'm a very energetic, passionate guy. I'm always—that's kind of what I'm known for. So I can get ahead of myself, uh, whether it's hockey, life, whatever. So I can get ahead of myself on these issues, even and and just be talking about them so much, and almost thinking I can't do anything wrong. I'm only helping, helping. But then you kind of get ahead of yourself. You don't check yourself, and you kind of—you know—I said a couple things on Twitter, just bad interactions where I should have thought it through. Should I check? pronouns should have approached people differently um so and that's that's a great way to learn i mean you're that's I, i'm starting to hear a lot about it when i was a kid you know failure is like the worst thing ever but really it's just you, you shouldn't put it as failure it's kind of like you're just falling and then you catch yourself and pick yourself back up like it's a general process of life so it's been really interesting to see maybe taking a step back almost um i haven't been as active because me and brock have talked about you know just being in the game and doing what I'm, what I'm doing is, is, is good enough. And then just to think things through, prepare for them a little bit more. Um, when I do go speak, bring Brock along with me, bring someone in the community with me. So I went on at Sirius XM, you know, and bring him on to talk uh, for the, for the social issues, 15 minute segment, you know, just using my platform to amplify and not always centering myself because, you know, obviously using my platform is technically centering myself, but always using it to, to push the messages of other people. And I'm just kind of a, a vehicle for that change. So definitely um, been a learning process, just like everything and uh, trying to take it in stride for sure. Well, man, you got to be very proud of yourself. And I know your mom, Kim as well, a shout out to her. I don't know if she's listening or watching her, if she will, but you know, she's uh, kept up with what I'm doing too. And I just want to, you know, extend my gratitude to your mom as well. She's a great lady. She must be so proud of you. I know that you guys are very close and, and you guys' views and education and you guys are teaching each other. It's really, really amazing. But what was the reaction when you got, you know, you were named as a San Jose Shark uh, finalist for the King Clancy. But then when it comes down to, you know, the three with Pecorini and PK Subban, like what was the overall mood like were you shocked did you think this was coming and um before you go any further like congratulations because i know pecker Rene won but in my mind buddy like you again you know you look at those guys beside you in the in the three finalists and you know you look at where they've where they are and where they've solidified themselves in the nhl and it, i'm not gonna say what they're doing isn't enough or anything like that because they do amazing things as well but like we talked about earlier like they're quite a bit more established. And so to see somebody like you who is fighting for a job in the NHL, which I mean, is every kid's dream anyways, it's not, you know, but to step outside of that man, and then to be recognized, like, what was that like for you? Like, what was the overall reaction from your mom and stuff? Cause that must've been a pretty proud moment. Yeah. It was, you know, something when you start doing this work, you don't, you know, I forgot there wasn't a word for that. I remember Jason Zucker won it. You know, and that's somebody who I kind of had a connection with. And I, I just, when it, when it came back up, I was like, oh, yeah, there's that. So um, super nice that um, the issues that I'm fighting for got that platform. So instead of, uh, you know, PK has uh, his racism in his work with, I think, kids um, and, and cancer. So we have him. And then Pekka did a lot with cancer, I think, in um, a medical research on that. Uh, helping people and then mine was kind of again more of the social issue so it's awesome me and pk's things are getting you know elevated to that uh, level up there um so yes just excited about that and, and hopefully um i can keep fighting for that job and and keep hopefully half succeeding or hopefully get in the nhl full time and playing more opportunities to continue to get that uh you know these issues a higher platform, but nice to take the the five thousand and donate it to get real movement. Who are doing awesome things? Check them out. Um, they're going around doing seminars on LGBTQ plus and, and racism in schools and businesses, uh, and that's really where the change is made when when people are going in and educating. So, 
um, yeah, super happy to be a part of that and, and look forward to hopefully uh, doing more in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. What? So it's the getrealmovement.com, I'm assuming. That's no, it's uh, on like Instagram and uh, at getrealmovement. So at getrealmovement. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. They're doing some awesome stuff. Started here in London, actually. And okay. now, they're, now they're out of Toronto. Um, but they're just just full on humanizing and educating right in the classes. Um, it's exactly what kids need to be taught. If it's not getting taught on a you know curriculum level, it needs to be taught with people coming in. Absolutely. 100%. I couldn't agree more. And that goes with, you know, there's so many, I just feel like school, you know, my experience of it, you know, one, I don't think I took it seriously enough, but at the same time, I'm, when I reflect back on high school, middle school, elementary school, like, you know, aside from the social skills and stuff, the things that I'm actually, you know, executing in my everyday life are slim to none. And, you know, I, I feel like we need to do a much better job preparing our kids uh, and the next generation for real life. And this, these issues are real life issues, you know, um, inclusion, equality, uh, harassment, bullying, all of these things to empower people to, to know that if it, you know, if they're being picked on or abused or anything that, that they're not alone, that they can come out, ask for help. And also on the education side, just to teach that the, Hey, this is not the right way to do things. Right. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm super proud of you for, for everything that you're doing. Um, also, too, I, I want to say that there's a couple teams, pretty much all of them, uh, that could have used you in the playoffs. And I know, you, I know you're a free agent, but what's I, maybe you can't talk about it. But what's I, I, I don't even I'm not even speculating. You don't have to answer. But I read somewhere that, you know, you're a potential New York Ranger. We don't have to go down that road. But I'm, I'm wishing you all the best, man, because there's a lot of teams that could use a guy like you. And I feel like, you know, there's there's so much opportunity out there for you if you just or given it right. And that's the frustrating part about being a hockey player sometimes. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm pumped. Um, agents doing his job right now. Dan Milstein, Golster hockey, the same guy that worked with, uh, you know, works with Kucherov and Vasilevsky, the whole, you know, Bud Light thing he's got going and 18 million over the cap. So I think it's hilarious what he's done. He's an unreal agent. So he's doing his thing. And, um, there's a lot of balls in the air with, uh, um, you know, qualifying offers are getting put in today. They, obviously, the draft just ended probably Sunday. They're doing that today, and then tomorrow it's going to kind of start picking up. He said he'll have a little update for me tomorrow and maybe Tuesday at leading up. So hopefully, can get a contract in place before hitting free agency. So I just got to you know sign the line after uh, free agency opens. But um, yeah, got some good interest, and I'm sure some teams will drop out, some teams will come back in, new teams will come in. But yeah, there's a couple teams. Obviously, New York's pretty cool. Um, Barkley Goodrose just got signed there. And that's a guy who I played with when I was 10 years old, the year that yeah. his, his hockey career took off and my yeah. hockey career and personal life, personal life went down with my dad taking his own life. So it was kind of crazy how we, if we both ended up there in some way, that would be nuts. Yeah. Um, I remember yeah. you telling me, I remember you telling me that and, and just, you know, I remember, yeah, specifically the the story about, you know, you being there and, and just being like, hey, this is supposed to be the best, you know, kid around or one of them and I can play with him. And and then, you know, your life kind of took that tragic turn, which we discussed. And on the last episode, we can talk about it as much or as little as you want, but that would be pretty amazing, man, to end up on a team with someone you played with at 10 years old. That would yeah. be pretty cool. And you know the area quite well, having played in New Jersey, because it's, you know, yeah. I'm sure, you know, you might have, did you spend much time in New York when you were? Yeah, right we, yeah we'd go over there. It's cool to play in Jersey because you don't have to live in the city and you can just travel over there. That's uh, not too bad. But 
yeah, I'm pumped about it. We'll see what comes to fruition. You know, I've always been on a two-way deal, so I'm really looking for my first one-way deal. Uh, I'd really like that opportunity to to make a team out of camp and to play there a whole year and, and show my worth. Um, so, yeah, just preparing for that. Um, try not to get like my hopes up too much because, again, if I'd take a better opportunity somewhere on a two-way than a one-way, but I, I think I deserve one at this point. I think yeah. I'm ready to show that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. and. Um, I don't know. It could go. It could go a bunch of different ways. We'll see. Like you said, there's there's teams that that need it, and I think people know the toughness kind of came back around, and it's kind of needed. And you know, from going from last year, we're in the division where you play the same seven teams over and over again. I'm looking at the schedule of these different teams that I'm hoping to sign with, and man, they're going to just very. We're going to be back to the you know the regular travel all over the place, road trips, playing three Canadian, four Canadian teams in a row, or west or you know traveling all over the country to play games and i just i just want to terrorize the league i just want to go up there and i just want to stir it up every night and uh, do what i did in san jose or just take it to another level man that uh it's exciting to hear you like because you can hear the passion in your voice and what i you know just take it back like a minute there is where you said like you know you feel like you deserve that one way you know after everything and to hear you say that it's, it's just awesome because I agree with you 100%. And I just, it's hard. I can only imagine what it's like year in and year out trying to, you know, find your way and, and be there full time. And like, how have you managed to, to get through it year after year and that grind of up and down? And I mean, you were still playing hockey for a living, but it's still, yeah. it's hard, right? It's hard, dude. It's hard. Um, the highs are unbelievable. The lows are low um but what's really changed for me is is like my girlfriend in my life and she's kind of really we're really working at leveling that out leveling me out you know i'm on my own mental health journey everybody is to a certain extent whether you're going to need meds whether you're going to need therapy whether you just have your own things to track in your own way i'm on my own journey and um she's been awesome for me um i've <laughs> in the past it would be train train and then rest and not move unless i didn't just stretch and everything was hockey 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 which is great to a point but i think you need some balance in your life and being able to step outside what i do and help her with what she does and yeah. be involved with that and support her obviously having my mom lose the constant in my life i just think i'm in a lot better place at handling these things but it, it doesn't take away with how hard it is for sure and um i got the toughest job in hockey but uh, I, I relish that. And I take pride in it, but uh, it's definitely not easy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, it is. It's, it's such a hard job. Um, how do you, like, do you, I, I always ask this because primarily I talk to guys who are retired now and stuff and, you know, is it, is it tough to, for you to sleep the night before games when you, when you know you're going to, you know, play against Ryan Reeves? I played against him in junior. Like, I terrorized Reeves in junior. Like, <laughs> I'm not surprised. I was on the ice, ice too much with him. Um, to be honest with you, he was like a fourth-line guy, barely played. But he's, you know, carved out a, a really nice career for himself and turned into a much better player than he was in junior. But at the same time, he's a huge guy. And, I mean, you're big too. But what does that look like for you the night before a game and, and leading into that game if you can give – the people listening, watching a little feel for what that's really like when you know you're going to have to go up, up against a guy in front of 20,000 people. Yeah. Um, well, this year it was like no one. So it was like, yeah. you can hear everything, <laughs> you know, it's like different. It's almost like eerily different in another way, but uh, no, I, I just focus on getting fired up. I uh, focus on my emotions. You know, it's, it's a little harder and it's not, it's not going to say I don't sleep. I don't ever not sleep well, but 
I, if anything, I'm just too excited to go play and see what happens, you know, but yeah. uh, when things aren't going well, like say your game's not where it needs to be, the coaches are on you or the team's in a losing streak or something, you're a little more maybe worried about it. It's not as fun to look forward to, but it's never to the point where, I mean, I don't nap on game day anyway. Um, so I get my eight hours and I jump out of bed buzzing. I'm in the NHL. <laughs> fired up like i just i just focus on my process of getting super excited uh going through all my physical preparation my mental preparation and then once i get to the game i just kind of let it fly and where the chips fall they fall if i got less teeth i mean i haven't lost any yet knock on wood if i got scars in my face if i got whatever uh, yeah here we go yeah exactly so whatever happens happens at that point i i love the process of getting ready especially in nhl there's nothing like it so I just focus on how fun it is, and and that's usually what uh, I don't know. Not I, wanna, I don't want to say gets me through, but makes me not worry about it too too much. Well, I guess you can't, right? To a point, I think you know from my experience playing in the minors and, and junior, like I scrap quite a bit too. And it's once you're there and you're in it, you kind of forget about it a little bit. Um, but what I noticed with you and in, in watching a lot of your fights, like, and I was surprised, is like you do you practice. Like, is that something that you're training? Because I I noticed you're with your hands, like you know your positioning and the way that you're able to to move guys around and maneuver them, like. I was like, whoa, like this guy knows what he's doing a lot more than than what I would have thought. Like I thought, you know, I just picture two guys standing in there throwing and you're really methodical about that. So how much time are you putting into that um, versus, you know, practicing your skills? Because I see you stick handling all the time, too, as, as part of your preparation. So like what where do you where do you balance and what does that training regimen look like for you? Yeah, I think as it's gotten, I've gotten older and like, I mean, you can only punch so many times and stuff, things like just become like more mental preparation and like watching the video yeah. and just having an idea of what a guy's strengths are and doesn't always go to plan. You know, <laughs> sometimes you have a certain kind of plan or you do the kind of strategy, it doesn't work and you get lit up, which happened this year. Uh, other times it goes well and you land clean punches and you just get cut by your own visor, which also happened this year. So overall, I'm just trying to, you know, do my job. I'm trying to make the guy not want to fight me again. I'm trying to limit how much my hands get marked up. Like all of these are just from one punch this year, one mistimed punch in the minors. And it just like eight cuts at one punch. So it's just like, ah, missed that one, but all the other ones were, were pretty good. So it's, it's a mix of uh, emotion, like, and, and preparation, but trying to just, I don't know if you're, if I, you're going to fight as much as I try to, you got to have a, a kind of a plan to it and not just swing or my hand's just going to be like, it's just going to be punching somebody with a hamburger eventually, you know, it's just going to be mush. How often are, are, you know, you asking versus it actually happening? Like, or is, is it, is it hard for you to find a fight out there? Or is it depends. It depends who you're playing. And there's so many, like, as you know, there's so many intricacies to it, right? Nothing yeah. almost is ever the same. Like, you kind of have to know how the other team's been playing. Is their guy going to be looking for it? Um, how have we been playing? Do we need it? How's the game started? What's the most? There's so many things, and, and I'm at to the point where I get a good read of a couple options of what I could do, and then I would just look back at Boogie and say, "Hey, like, what do you think in here?" And and they don't like to say like yes, yes. or no because of the whole litigation. But like, what am I going to do? Sue my coach because he's like, "Yeah, it's a good time." I'd be like, "Perfect." Like, yeah. all I want to do is plays and do the right thing and do my job to the perfect extent. So. I'd like to know that, but yeah, I just, it's just, um, I, and ideally for me is I just, I'm just crushing people so hard that somebody has to answer the bell like against, against Anaheim. Like I was just juiced up for that game. I had a bit of a sore groin and, um, we were working on it to keep it going and I got into warm up and it felt really good. And when I was kind of worried if I didn't, wasn't going to play and I was just flying, like it felt like the ice just, I don't know, it felt good. I just was, I hit a guy like into the third deck of the seats 
and and Dory had to fight me and you saw me kind of do a little dance right before the fight because I was like, yeah, this is the kind of fight I want. Like I literally did like a like a moonwalk getting ready to fight him because I was just like, yes, like this is how I need to get in fights by just hitting people so damn hard and clean. So that's that's my usually, you know, with Reeves, he doesn't even like to fight. So you have to like beg him. Basically I had to hit Tuck, take a penalty on him to get him even looking at me, which I think is sad. You know, him and McDermott haven't even fought yet. How, how the hell has that happened? They've both been in the same division for how long? And they both haven't fought yet. I'm up there for 11 games, fight them both. It's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing. But anyways, those guys just are comfy with their contracts. And I, yeah. I'm telling you right now, when I get a, if I get a, my one way or two-year one way, I'm not going to be sleeping on nights. So I'll tell you that. I'll go harder. Yeah. Well, and that's what I love to hear, man. And I, you know, I want, it's, you know, you said what I've thought this whole time and, it is. It's it's honestly kind of disappointing from a standpoint where it's like, okay, you've you know your your job. His, Ryan Reeves' job, let's be honest, is it to be out there to intimidate, to drop the gloves when need be, to protect his teammates, and that's the beautiful thing about hockey is that there's that there's just that level of camaraderie and respect where you kind of know, and it's it maybe is getting phased out a little bit, but it's still there to a certain extent. Where if you do something across the line, you have to you know, you're gonna have to answer that bell, but to see a guy like, you know, Reeves or Revo, as he likes to call himself, you know, just to me, he looks like he's, he's shying away a little bit. I had a lot of people, uh, you know, this, this one here, like, tell me what's going on in this picture, man. Oh, this is hilarious. This is great stuff. So I was like a big time meme. People were sharing it all over social media. So I got this is a great story. So um, when I'm in the minors, um, Binner, Jordan Bennington, my buddy from Owen Sound, good friend. He's a hothead. I love it. I'll, you know, full disclaimer. I love how he's a hothead, but it's not going to happen on my team without retribution. It's just not how it's going to go. And uh, I got called up. I already did had the Reeves fight. Um, uh, I think maybe a couple of days before that. And now I was set my sights on St. Louis and uh, I texted Binner. Yeah, obviously he's my friend. I texted him night night he got in and he, I was like, Hey, what's, what's going on? He's like, Oh, just got in. He's like talking to me all nice. And I'm like, well, unfortunately, you know, tomorrow somebody's gonna have to pay the price. And I don't think your 170 pounds skinny ass is going to fight me. So, you know, I, I, somebody else is gonna have to pay the price for that. And he's like, good to know. And that's all he said. And I said, Oh, don't get all sensitive on me. It's, it's, it's part of the game. And I didn't hear from him. And then the next morning at morning skate, uh, they they were on the ice and I just went out in a nice hoodie and crossed my arms and stood on the bench and kind of stared at everybody that was out there. And one of the assistant coaches came by and asked, are you looking for somebody? I said, well, I will be tonight. Can't right now. But <laughs> And uh, Binner's across the ice shaking his head at me like, you know, idiot. Like loves, loves me but hates me at the same time. And uh, I guess Kyle Clifford got a sniff of that, that that went down, and uh, which was obviously by design. And he just comes screaming over and warm up, like just skates at me and comes right over the red line. He's putting his nose against my nose. He's on my side. I'm not doing nothing wrong. And, you know, everybody's on me about I'm the one getting fined and stuff. I'm not doing nothing wrong. He's on my side. He's he's trying to intimidate me. He's saying, let's fight right now and warm up. I'm like, buddy, like that's that's my response to that. Like, what are you doing? Like, like you think you're going to scare me? Like everybody says you got the scariest eyes. It looks like you got like two black eyes all the time, but I, I'm, there's no shaking here, buddy. Like I'm staring right through your soul and we're going to fight and you're going to see that I'm not, I'm not playing around. And basically he, he came in hot and tried to scare me, realized it wasn't going to happen. And by the end of that, he was being my friend and being all buddy, buddy. So at that point I knew, okay, this guy's, this guy's doesn't really want this. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, then then off the face off first shift, he's like, he's like, I'm jumping you. And I said, Well, I'm backing up off this face off. You're not jumping. I'm not letting you get in close on me. I know what you're trying to do. I've watched all your fights. And he tried to get in close and dinged him a couple times in the ear and the forehead. And after that, it was just good. That's how you take care of business, and that's it. I love this one. This is a great picture. <laughs> that's a great picture, man. Like if you look at it closely, your hands, his face, your my face. eyes is black yeah. from Revo's. Reeves hammered me like I'll give him credit like he's a good fighter but he's not he's not a tough guy and I would I'd rather fight uh, him than many other guys around like he's a good fighter is one thing but if you're a tough dude like Brett Gallant Jake Doty who are good fighters in the minors and tough I mean those are the guys if I'm ever going to be worried uh, if I'm playing them so yeah he, that's he said he's just sleeping and they're cushy with their money and, and that's what I don't get is Hey, it's all, it's all respect too. Like, yeah, I know he's a great guy off the ice. I'm sure. But we're talking about hockey. Let's, we can have some fun with this and joke around. Like, yeah, he's a little, like, I don't think their coach is saying, Hey, don't fight every night. Like, I'm sure they're like, Hey, you've got to go tune somebody up if you want to, like, no, you don't hold back. And he's kind of acting like he doesn't need to. And, you know, I just, I just don't like that. If I'm in the show when I'm 35 and some kid comes up and goes, Hey, looking for my first one. I'm like, damn right. You are. Let's like, let's go. Yeah. Cool. You know what I mean? Unless the coach is coming to me and saying, Hey, Maybe, but you know, I don't see myself as being that important that they're going to say, Hey, don't fight. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Well, I, you know what I didn't like about that? And we'll move on after this with that is, was, was his reaction after the fight. I was like, really, even my buddy, Matt Thompson, I was just visiting him up. He has a skate shop. He owns a senior team that I'm going to be playing for. He like called me right up. Like as you were going to the penalty box, just freaking out about how Reeves reacted. He's like, are you kidding me? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's who he is though. Right. Especially on the ice. He's just a shit disturber for sure. But yeah, man, I don't know, man. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to seeing, you know, how it pans out for you. And I, I'm just, you know, hoping that somebody you know, sees what everybody else is seeing. And um, Gooby's watching too. He says, I got to get a Gabriel jersey for next season. Yeah, don't buy one yet. We don't know where it's going to be yet. So hold <laughs> on. I'm a, I'm a yeah. suitcase, Gooby. You know, I'm, I, if I wasn't before, I'm a certified suitcase now. So I look forward to guys chirping me about that and just saying, you know, what? You know I, definitely, I definitely am. So I got nothing to say back. Who cares? You're playing professional hockey. For know, it's, it's funny. It's funny. I'm all about it suitcase man who yeah who cares man i would i would move teams every single year <laughs> twice two three times a year to play in the national hockey league you know like it's it's not uh it's not that big of a deal in my opinion but it's like one thing that guys will probably get get on you about oh, right yeah. what else oh, yeah. you say? it's my know. favorite it's my favorite when guys chirp guys for like being in the minors too long it's like i know the roster is inside out like i'm a hockey nerd hockey fan first so i'm like what about that guy over there? He played like five years before he made it. And what about him? Isn't he your buddy? Are you gonna, like, and I literally turn around to the bench. I'm like, he's literally chirping AHL players. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? You know what I mean? It's so funny. It's so funny. And, and they just kind of look at me like, uh, like make, make guys look so stupid. Like some of the sh shit that guys say out there is insane. Yeah, I know. It's, <clears throat> it's pretty funny, right? Some guys, some guys can be creative, I'm sure, but you know, I, I've, I've often thought that too, where guys are saying something and, you know, to like me or whatever, but, or to other people. And it's like reflecting poorly on their own teammates because they're basically saying something bad about this guy on my team. But really, you know, there's a guy on the team, same way. It's just, it's hilarious, man. Um, before I forget to, um, Elena Velidis from Germany says, hi, I think you would, you know her as Simuldi on, on Instagram. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. That rings well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she drew a picture of you or a couple of them. Anyway, she wanted to. She wasn't able to watch live. She sent me a message earlier and said, "Make sure that you tell Curtis I say hello and thank you for all the amazing work he's done." She actually said, "I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch your watch you live with Curtis this evening. So would you do me a favor? Just tell him thank you. Thanks so much for working his ass off trying to make the NHL a more friendly space for LGBTQ folks." That's awesome. Cool. Thank, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I love uh, yeah, that's, that's what's cool about social media and stuff. You know, allow people to connect and uh, so close like that. It's kind of cool. I feel like I've, I've said this before. I feel like I've got like a army of uh, love behind me, a bunch of good people that obviously see the world and want the same changes that, that we all do, which everybody should. But uh, yeah. we're, get, we're getting there. What are you uh, speaking of Gooby before there? I know he, uh, you know, had a hand in in your skates and and all of that. What's the plan? Can you can you let the cat out of the bag? Like, what do you? I don't have a picture of them yet. I can pull one up, but uh, what what are you doing with your skates for for this season? Um, well, I figured, you know, I got two pairs of the same. So we we did two pairs last year, thinking that you know maybe might get into a second pair, but I ended up wearing the one pair the whole year. So I just got into the second pair, which are identical to the first. Been okay. wearing them in the summer. Um, I'll probably wear those through camp just to be comfortable in them, but I think we'll get making, uh, because I'm on a new team, like maybe if I went to the same back to, this, to San Jose, I would have, you know, that doesn't seem like the plan, but if I did, maybe I would do something like maybe different, make something else. But I think doing a new pair of skates makes sense too, to go to a different market. Cause maybe I could even sell, you know, the ones I'm wearing through training camp, the same ones to somebody out there, like an auction, or, and then we can make a, another pair. So we'll have to see, you know, you don't want to brighten them up too much and be too much of a distraction. I know that's probably not one. Some people here, they want to just have a whole rainbow on my skate. You know what I mean? But it's just, you got to have some respect, I think, for the jerseys and stuff too. I don't want to be too out there, but maybe we'll take it up a notch a little bit. So they're a little more noticeable, but nothing crazy. We just see who, which, what team I'm playing for and see it kind of work on it from there. Well, that's cool. What uh, Do you still have the original pair? No, I auctioned those ones off. So the, okay. the first one went to a LGBTQ youth space in uh, San Jose. That was the LGBT one. And then the BLM one went to, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but a, a local area one for, for um, you know, BIPOC people, people of color. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing, man. That's, that's so cool. Um, yeah, I absolutely love these. Um, is this how you wear your skates to eyelets? Man, I've had some weird troubles with my skates. I love, I love true whatever. For some reason, my right one never fits right. We've been trying to, I've been trying to play around with it, and I actually have Thomas Hurdle's tongues now, like his certain tongues that he wears in my skates, and they actually feel better. I'm getting closer to making that right skate lock in better. But uh, yeah, I just play with it too because I tie my skates really loose. I like it really tight at the bottom and then kind of looser at the top to get that knee bend. So sometimes I've had two eyelets on one, one eyelet on the other. Right now, I'm back to, the, to all the way up on both. Like I'm always changing it, trying to find the right mix. Yeah, it's. I noticed that too. Mine are feeling a little bit better now, but for whatever reason, it felt like my left skate was like suctioned in, and the right one. That's wasn't. me, man. That's how I feel. That's yeah. I don't know, my left skate feels like it's part of my body, and my right one just always has this little room, which is interesting because they. I know they scan them, right? But it must be something I'm missing, or maybe I'm lacing them up wrong or something. I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I'm, I love them. Like once I have them on, oh, me too. You, they're, they're pretty hard to get on at first. Oh yeah, dude. I wore them when they first came out. I was one of the, like, I wouldn't say the first 10, but maybe like top 50 pro players wearing them. And I put them on and I couldn't believe how hard it was to put them on. They were like the original. So they were even stiffer. And um, I actually wore them in morning skate and wore them in the game. Cause I, I felt so different, but like good. I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to wing it with these things. But 
know, they're really, they're really good skates. I think, especially the, sh- the shot blocking, uh, the, how well they're made. Like they have a, there's this chart they have in the locker rooms and I'm sure it's online, but like the protection rating for true skates, like the bar is like maxed out and then like Bauer and stuff's like this big. So I have got like this guy, Gambro on my team this year broke his foot blocking a shot. I'm like, dude, you got to get in true skates. Like you can get yeah. extra protection added and they make them a little heavier, but even the stock ones or the ones that we have are such better for padding and not guys don't break their, their feet in those. Yeah. Yeah, I know. They're like, honestly, they look like when I have my, my skates on, they, I feel like I have spaceships on my feet, not because they're big, but just the way that they look. And when I look at the way they're made, like, you know, especially for me, because I have the, I have rollerblades and ice skates now. They were so, they've been so great to me, man. I'm so lucky and, and just beyond grateful for their support. But, you know, what I found is I was wearing Bauer, um, Bowers before, and there's a, a seam on the toe cap, right? Whereas true, it's like one piece, the toe yeah. cap comes into the back. Yeah. So when I was on my rollerblades, you know, for like four hours a day, by the end of it, that seam on the insides of my feet on both skates were like digging in like crazy. And what I find with the trues is there's none of that, right? I don't have to worry about blocking shots because I don't play anymore, but well, not technically true. I, I'm going to play some senior men's, but if I didn't block any shots playing pro hockey, you're not a chance going to see me blocking a shot playing senior men's. If I could go back and do it all over again, like be young, I'd be out there blocking shots with my face trying to prove a point, but I wasn't that smart and that dedicated back when I needed to be, man. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe you weren't, but maybe, I don't know. You're you're a new man now. You're going to be out there with your boys, like just being a, a warrior again. You're going to be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you find yourself all of a sudden <laughs> at the end of a shot and going back to the bench going, what am I thinking? But this is awesome. Yeah, I'm, I've missed it, man. And there's no, there's something, just, I honestly, I think, what I missed most about it is being around the rink um, at any capacity, whether it be hanging out with, you know, the guys from the team or interacting with parents from the coaching side or the kids, just the smell of the ice rink when you've been away from it for so long. And even I remember just being away from it for like a month after a season, if I, you know, didn't skate for a month, you come back in and there's that smell and it's just like, man, just there's something about that whole the aura of an ice rink when you're a hockey player. That's something very special. Is that true for you? you as well yeah yeah we like we just i just scrimmaged for the first time last friday and four on four with a bunch of you know good players man is it just so much fun it's crazy it's crazy like we're not playing for a while but obviously you suck and win a little bit but just like playing with good players it's just you know you think everybody thinks the game well and you know playing kind of possession and making little just these little plays the satisfaction you get from them is crazy you know yeah. like or just a little play you make like I, I toyed my one buddy so hard and like everybody's losing it like just funny funny shit like that it's so yeah. much fun yeah man it's uh it's it's cool right especially you know being in your position i mean think about it you know it's uh it's it's essentially a job but you're living out you're living out this dream of virtually every Canadian kid. You know, I don't want to say every kid, but the vast majority of kids want to play professional hockey, play in the NHL. And, you know, it, it is fun, right? And I think, you know, for from my experience of it is is I always played better when I had more fun. And so how can you kind of take that in, you know, this the confidence of, you know, toe dragging or making these little plays. How do you, how do you carry that into, you know, just training camp coming up wherever you end up or, or, or what's the difference like that? Because you know, you have the capability to do these things. Yeah. Well, I don't, that's the thing. I don't transition it in because I can't make those mistakes. Right. Like, so, you know, in that situation, I can at two on one make a bit of a play as long as I, you know, I end up scoring on it, but whatever, like, 
Um, my rule is like, I just need to get the puck below the tops and circles and then I can be as skilled and try as many crazy ass moves as I want. Cause that's where I'm good is below yeah. the top circles, below the top of the hash. So my game's simple as can be everywhere else. And then get down there. You have to be creative to score goals. And I love working on that and stuff, but, uh, no, it's, it's honestly, it's all mental. I really think it's all mental. Like everybody can make nice plays. Even me, tough guy, sucks, don't have any point. You know, I, I can still play. But what separates guys is the mental aspect, um, your your will, your your you know, we all see it. The best teams are the most emotional, engaged teams. You see teams that like somebody dies on their team and their family, or like what St. Louis, they have the girl, uh, can't remember her name, they rallied around. When teams, yeah. whatever it is, when teams are emotional and you're an emotional hockey player, you're pissed off from the night before a bad game, that's when you play your best. So if you can bottle that up and harness that passion just to wake up every day and play that hard. I think that's what separates in the NHL. Honestly, like you can have, a, it's the attention to details of the system from every player. It's the individual taking that on himself to play the right way, being pumped to play every night, you know, 82 games is you're not going to have a great night every night, but striving to play the right way is what makes a difference to me. So a lot of it's mental. Now I run through so many mental reps. Yeah. Like on day of a game, if we have a, a morning skate, I go out, I do the morning skate, and then I have a, we had a couple drills I do with Mike Ricci. Guy's a legend. This guy only yeah. has the stories, Mike Ricci. Um, but he, we work on stuff and then work on some wall work, some board play, some like D zone stuff. And then I would just go out there and just finish off just skating around and going through it, visualizing things happening. Then I, I get off the ice, I shower, I go back up to the bench, I'll go visualize a bunch of things again. I, I go home lay down before watching like a, maybe a movie or, or taking like a, you know, some meditation time, I'll run through them all again. Then I get back to the rink, get my gitch on. Then I have my, I go out and go through it again. Sometimes find a quiet part of the rink. Then I go, go back in, get more ready. Then I go out again to the bench. Then I do it on the bench with my stick and go through all of them again. And once I get on the ice for the game, I don't have to think anymore. Hockey is an instinctual game, reactionary game. You don't have time to think. So it's just programmed in me. Stick checks, you know, stick positioning, all these little tiny things. And that's what makes the difference for me, honestly. So when when did you start to implement that kind of training and that kind of mindset into your game? And there we go. When did I start implementing that? Yeah. Like when did that start for you and how did that come about in your life? Was there someone that took you aside and was like, Hey, you know, you can, you should train more on the mental side, visualize whatever that looks like. How did that come about? Just, I think just trying to pick up things from everybody, um, just getting more mature and learning what matters, you know? Um, I don't know. It just made sense to me. Like you have all the different, you know, NFL quarterbacks, obviously they have plays and playbooks where they run through like, whole like game sets and and sort of like, they script plays throughout the game like i don't know it just it just made sense to me because everybody's so good and i was like what separates guys some guys i think just are just naturally have it they have the hockey sense they're good some guys naturally check their shoulder all the time like you wouldn't believe how much that changes like you, you could you could be a hockey player and one guy checks his shoulder 10 times a shift and one guy doesn't and you'd say one guy's 10 times better hockey player has better hockey IQ. And the only difference is he constantly is able to check his shoulder and know where everybody is on the ice. Like that, that's the little thing. So Joey Hishin's a skills coach that I worked with who's, he was a super skilled cerebral player and he was always telling me like those kinds of things. But I don't know. I think I've just kind of picked that up on my own and you see different hockey accounts or, or different, you know, work with different sports psychologists and you do different types of meditation or, or visualization, visualization. And that's, I found that made me be a lot more consistent. I played 15 games this year, four, two preseason games in the minors, two regular season games, minors and 11 in the show. And I played so consistent. 
So I'm just going to try to keep riding that through and hopefully I can play wherever I am a really consistent role. Cause that's really what changes the, to be in the NHL or not. It's how consistent you are. You got to be good. Nine out of a nine out of 10, 90, 90 out of a hundred games. You got to be good. Yeah. And that's, that's being like a true professional and goes back to the preparation and, and those little things. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. And, and I certainly didn't realize for a long time, probably long after my time had come and gone. Uh, but, you know, I've talked about it. I had Brenly Shapiro on the show. She is, um, you know, the mental coach for the Arizona Coyotes and um, does a lot in the Toronto area with, you know, she's a sports psychotherapist and psychology and all that kind of stuff. But that's what we talked about, right? Like, you know, how much percent of the game is mental, you know, versus physical when you get to a certain point, right? Like in the NHL. And um, I don't know, to me, it's, it's a lot higher than, like to me, like when you get to a certain point, like I say, and maybe it's not right, but 90% mental because you can have all the skill in the world, but if you're not focused or, you know, doing the right habits or in the right mindset, it's kind of hard to put that skill into, into play, right? The, phys- the physical gets you in the door, but the mental is what keeps you there, you know, or even life, like life is 99% mental. Like it's, it's just a gi- life's just a giant mind game. Yeah, you know? my my brother is really um, he's traveling right now. He's in like Guatemala. He's just like backpacking. He's gonna go to Asia. He's such an interesting guy. You should give him a follow on Instagram. You would blow your mind a little bit. At I Ian will. Gabriel, it's hilarious. Such an interesting cat. Um, so he talks about that. Uh, he's all into philosophy. He's read every philosophy book there is. He could quote any of them. He could sit down and talk to you for twenty hours straight about it. Um, he says, you know, if you do, you wish you could. People talk about wanting to live forever. And it's like, okay, you want to live forever? So what are you going to do? You're going to go live out every fantasy you've ever wanted, do every type of job you've wanted, learn every skill. And eventually, if you're going to live forever, it's infinite. You're going to get bored because there's nothing. You've done everything. So he's like, eventually, you're going to keep trying to – you're going to do everything to the point where you want it to be nothing to be guaranteed. You don't want to live forever, and you want to wake up every day and don't know what's going to happen. And that's – so if you dream your, these dreams of, of being infinitely living forever, you're eventually going to get back to the point where you are right now where you have an infinite, a limited amount of time to go after something. And that's what makes life beautiful. That's what makes life exciting. So you have a short window to just use your brain and experience as much as you can. And it's just a big mind game. That's how I think of it now from him. It's like, yeah, don't take any day for granted, man. Like, so that song, I just had you intro, like it's called like little things. And it just talks about the little things in life. Like that's where all the, the beauty is, man. Yeah. I, I love that. I uh, I absolutely love that. And I'll have to check them out on Instagram. I'm very envious of people who get to travel around and, and see the world. And, and I hope to one day go to just a few places. But a place like Guatemala, man, I think, you know, the culture there. I had a f- couple friends go down there. It's a totally different way of, of life. And, and I think it makes, you know, it puts things into perspective of maybe how lucky we are to to live in a society like you know here in Canada even though I mean things kind of are deteriorating in my mind um there's a lot of a lot of things that are going on that are just I never thought we'd see in Canada like some of the hate crimes and different things that have gone on where you just kind of just assume I just assumed we live in this peaceful beautiful country and this stuff doesn't happen here and maybe it's been happening for forever but now with social media and news outlets it's more highlighted but it's you know we talk about that tragedy down in london and and just it's just crazy man it's, mm-hmm. that's the thing right life is such a precious gift and you know to be able to to dial something in in your mind and then go after it and achieve it that to me is is just so 
that's life, right? And that to me is is being able to stay focused on something. And I think that, uh, yeah, man, I just, I think as a hockey player, um, to, to achieve any sort of success, you have to be 100%, you know, mentally engaged pretty much 365 days a year, you know? You do, but I mean, I've seen a lot of guys that aren't and they still, they still get by just fine. There's guys in this league that play it like they're playing midget AAA still, just or, or like 10 years old peewee. They, that's how they approach it. And those, those are the guys, I mean, I, I'm sure we'd all like to be like that, but you know, they're, they're limiting their potential too. They're not doing all the, the extra work to be the elite players that they probably could be or, you know, so I just find it interesting how some people, you know, approach it differently. I have to be locked in to the max and even need to calm down sometimes and pull back to totally, you know, perform at my best where those guys, it's just, that's why I personally, I don't think I could, my mom always says, you know, you'd be a wicked coach or you'd be a yeah. great GM or something. I'm like, there is no chance. I, I can't, really? deal, I can't deal with those guys. I can't, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't coach those guys. You know how like John Cooper and all these guys can coach different players and treat them all differently. I'd have a hard time with that. And, and the politics of hockey, um, I'd have a hard time with that. So I find that to my people always find that interesting. Like I, I would always only really want to work on the, the developmental side where yeah. I have no skin in the game other than making a kid better. That's the yeah. only thing I care about is, is, is improvement. That's what gets me up in the morning. Not, not how decisions are made and, and all that stuff. It drives me crazy. Really? That, see, that interests me. I'm very much like you. I'm the same. More, I'm more interested in the development side, and not just on the hockey side, but on developing good people um, and teaching them values and, and all of that kind of thing. But I would, I was actually, I was going to ask you earlier and, and was going to save it for later, but like, what, what does life look like for you after hockey? Are you going to coach? Are you, cause I agree with your mom. I, I, I totally would have thought you would have been like, yeah, I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to, and no, no chance dude. I don't know right now where I sit right now, no chance. There's so much stuff that goes on behind closed doors of hockey yeah. that you obviously, you know, but it just amplifies and you get hired and more money's involved and all these things like, you know, as a kid, you think the NHL is just like amazing, but I mean, there's a lot of problems here too, you know, just in how, just the business of hockey, it's just cutthroat. It's crazy. It's uh, ever changes in a second. Things can change in a second. Um, so for me, it's, um, it's just whether or not I want to do something as far as like media right away after maybe like yeah. broadcast where I can yeah. actually talk about hockey the way I want to, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I think also my girlfriend, I love what she does and I love helping her out with that. And that might be a way that, you know, like you're saying, travel and see the world. We could do something like that together uh, with what she's doing. So a lot of different options. It might be a nice way to go from being so hyper-focused on myself and, you know, to, and being so like North America, I, can't, I don't have time to travel. I don't have time to do anything. I got train. I got trained to just totally flip the script and kind of do something else for other than myself kind of thing, besides always social issues. But hockey, it's just, you, to get to this level, you got to be so like, for me, dialed in and, and on all the time. So I don't know, considering all things, but I, I highly doubt it would be anything like that well i I'll, I'll remember that and if you ever you know take a coaching position i'm gonna have to replay this video for you because things change but um yeah i mean your girlfriend's a model right so you'd be able to to travel around and, and see all different parts of the world and kind of cool because you know typically you know from a hockey player standpoint when you're with somebody usually the the girlfriend or the wife is kind of not on the back burner 
but you know, not in the spotlight. Whereas you're trying to share that, can share that spotlight where you're playing hockey. And then when, if, if, and when you retire, you know, you can kind of support her. And so, you know, kind of support each other with your own yeah. different ventures and stuff. So it's, it's really cool, man. It's, it's, it's a modern, it's awesome. a modern day relationship here, man. You know, <laughs> I'm not afraid. Hey, I'm not going to be the bread. I mean, the breadwinner or the one making the money. That's not me very soon. Believe me, she's way bigger deal than I am. Um, so I have no problem with that at all. I think, you know, I fight, you can't fight all these issues, but me and her just in our own personal life talk about sexism and, 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 you know, things on women all the time and how they're treated. I see it with how she's treated, you know, just going down the elevator at our building. Like it's, yeah. Dude, if I wasn't a calmer dude, I'd be in and out of jail all the time. Like it's crazy. Um, so it, it, that's a whole nother issue, but yeah, it's, I'm not afraid to be uh, vulnerable or be the, the house daddy, I guess for a bit, like I'll do whatever I got to do. Um, you know, I love her so much and she's added so much to my life and, um, just my partner in crime. So I think that's what we all, all look for, right? Someone we can just do life with and kind of feels like it's us against the world. So it's cool. That's awesome, man. That's great. Um, so happy to hear that. And I know she, you know, played some hockey as well. You know, you guys did this shootout where she was in goal and, and you're shooting on her. I thought that was really, that was really cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're taking her out on the ice again with her new, she got uh, partnered with Vaughn. So she's got some pretty sweet pads sitting behind me, actually. Uh, so we're going to go on the ice next Saturday and nice. uh, mess around, take some photos and just kind of hang out. Something we get to kind of do together, which is unique. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. No kidding. That's, uh, that's really cool, man. Um, I want to, you know, I, I know your time's very valuable, Kurt. I'm not going to keep you too much longer, but um, just before we go, I want to want to talk a little bit more about Luke Prokop because you know we touched on it earlier, but obviously that must have been a a huge moment for you personally and and Brock personally just to finally see somebody have the courage to come out and be their true authentic self, you know, in in hockey. Because the last time we had this conversation, we both kind of agreed that. You know, maybe we were further away than than what we thought, but we both agreed and, and you were like adamant that without question, there's, you know, one, several probably um, gay hockey players right now playing junior pro, whatever, that are, you know, living with this essentially secret um, because they're not being made feel comfortable to be themselves, which is a huge problem. So when we see Luke, you know, take that step, and he's, you know, a very highly touted prospect signed with Nashville. What what was that feeling like for you? And what was the conversation with Brock and, and the overall mood with that? Was it a surprise for you? I think you knew it was kind of coming, but yeah, yeah. So, you know, up until a week before that, even when I already knew he was gonna come out, I was still saying on podcasts, like, it's not good enough for a guy to come out yet, because it wasn't, because there wasn't anybody. So uh, to obviously talking to Luke and Brock a little bit before um was really an honor and um man i i heard i heard today he got a call from elton john like that just shows wow. you the reach that this goes it's it's crazy you know like we talk about how much the population there's different numbers i think the last time me and brock talked about it, 20 to 30 percent of the population somewhere on the lgbtq plus spectrum you know and that's a lot of people in the world man if you do the math like there's a lot of people out there so i thought it was massive um just like Carl Nassib coming out, you know, yeah. coming out, it's just going to be more and more and the world's just going to get so much better for it, man. It's, uh, he's so proud of him. Um, so honored to just know him. Um, it really, it's just kind of, kind of blows my mind that he is that much of a leader really like from learning about him more, 
at a young age, he was always that guy, that leader that everyone looked up to doing the right things, you know, and it's just amazing that someone like him could be the one to come out. And uh, me and Brock are so happy. Everybody's so happy for him. I think it's what we've been working towards. And um, I'm just so excited to see, man, like even when I'm, I know, like I said, I don't want to work in hockey, but what's hockey look like in 20 years? You know, yeah. I think that would be, it's going to be really cool, man. I, <laughs> I think uh, once everybody's, feeling more comfortable to be their authentic selves. Like how many people out there are closeted that don't get to live, you know, they don't get to be themselves. So they don't feel good. They don't get to, you know, maybe have that flow state every day. Cause they're thinking about it all the time. You know, how many more talented people are out there that could just add to the world and, and make the world such a better place. Diversity is a strength. So I just think it's so exciting. Yeah. It's um, yeah. I, it kind of just like, obviously it was for me very unexpected. And when I saw it, I was like, wow. And of course I messaged you right away having, I, I assume that you already knew, but it was still like, you were the first person I messaged. I'm like, wow, this is, this is pretty awesome, man. And I think it, it sets him up to be able to be himself for, for the rest of his career and not have to, you know, worry about looking over his shoulder while trying to make it in the NHL, because that in itself is enough pressure, right? Um, I, I firmly believe, Kurt, that without the work of Brock and yourself and the great people at Pride Tape um, and and others that that do have done similar things, like, but certainly you guys in hockey, like, to me, this just doesn't happen. Like, it just doesn't. Like, we're now seeing the NHL, you know, honor it like Pride Nights and Pride Month, and you know, really taking that that step. I still believe more needs to be done. Um, what is it? What does it look like? You think in the hockey community for him as a player, or with the other players moving into the NHL? Sorry, what does it look like? Yeah, for him, like how do you think he's going to be accepted oh, moving oh, forward? Oh, oh, yeah, no, the the Nashville totally full on accepted him, made it made it very clear from the get go. Um, Mark Borowiecki is there, super yeah. tough dude, super. Uh, like everybody likes to call us, it's against us woke on these issues. He's just a good person who's going to look out for him. And I think he was already getting texts from all the guys in the group chat. Duchesne sent him out a message. Like, so I think it's going to be handled uh, uh, really well. Obviously there might be some bumps. There might be some misintention mistakes or whatever. It's going to, it's nothing's going to be you know perfect, but I think the intention's there. And that's really what matters at the end of the day. If your intentions are right, uh, we're all smart people. We'll start to figure it out. And uh, really, it just goes awry when people don't have good intentions with these things. So yeah. as long as he has knows he has a community to even to face those people, and I think his agency and everybody's doing a great job. He filmed all his interviews weeks in, a week in advance, so he hasn't done anything since. Um, it's all handled really well. He's back to his normal life and just training and being Luke. So um, I think it's going to go really well. And I know John Hines is the coach there who I guarantee you, I mean – I played for him in, in New Jersey and he was awesome, dude. He had me ready to go through a wall every freaking intermission. So I, I I would not be surprised if he's just like at the start of training camp, like, hey, so Luke's here. You got a problem with it? There's the door. I'm not talking about it again. Cut yeah. and dry. He's that type of guy. So I, I feel like he's in good hands there with him. But before we go on to anything else, dude, I want to talk about you. Like, how are you doing? Like that's huh. uh, this is a big part of this uh, podcast and stuff, and I wanna we should talk about this. How are you doing? Man, you know what? I'm doing I'm doing all right. I mean, it's it's up and down, man, like anything. And that's, you know, I, I just tell people because I, I always had the idea, right? That, you know, you stop using, um, you start doing all these right things, and life all of a sudden miraculously is just gonna become perfect, which is very naive, but that's always my understanding. It's like all I gotta do is just get clean and everything else will fall into place. And that's 
that's just not the way that life works, right? Nope. So I think, you know, this time around, and I, I've tried so many times and fallen on my face so many times to just sometimes get a month, get six months, get nine months. I'm co- now coming up on 18 months where I've never, I'm like nine or 10 months longer than I've ever been in my life. So the the obsession of thinking about drugs and using and the possibility of doing that, that was gone a long time ago. Like I don't even, I don't even think about it. There's been a couple of times where I've had these crazy using dreams where like I wake up and I'm just like, no, why would you do that? And I kind of come to him like, oh, that was just, that's not real. That's not real, but it's a, it's it's a crazy feeling and it, it takes you back there. And it's like, man, and I was just so, and that feeling in that moment of waking up from those dreams and it's happened a few times where it's like, I was just devastated just that terror, I like just straight yeah. terror. Like I'm like, I've had that where I wake up and I, my dream, I broke up with like my girlfriend or something. I wake up yeah. and she's like, what? Wait, she's right there. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Like it was, it's just not a good feeling, but you know, being able to collect myself shortly after it's, it's great, but man, it's a, it's a struggle just trying to, um, just trying to just trying to be a productive member of society sometimes and sometimes just to get myself moving to get motivated i'm also you know trying to still navigate my way through some medications and and that and that can sometimes wear and tear on me when i'm trying to lower them or whatever mm-hmm. but at the end of the day man like i'm i'm pretty good i'm pretty good and awesome. um yeah i mean it's i'm very very lucky to have amazing people um and friendships like yours and this outlet this podcast and and just the out the outpour of support i think that's what really has been you know enabled me to keep going is is mm-hmm. i have this renewed sense of accountability and i hate to say that because you know i was a dad a long time ago right and i felt like i should have been able to um get clean you know just for my kids or for hockey or for mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. um but now you know i i realize Kurt, that like if i go back to that like there's no more chances. Like I'll, I'll either be dead or I'll be in jail forever. Um, and there'll be no coming back from it. So I'm always trying to stay like one step ahead of, of any, any just negative thought, not just about using, but kind of about myself where I'm able mm-hmm. to kind of catch myself now with my negative self-talk. Like, I don't know how you talk to yourself, but I've always been very hard on myself. That's something that, yeah. That's something that I've kind of tried to shift my focus away from is, is catching myself and trying to reword the, just the way that I talk to myself because I'm very nice to everybody else and gracious to everybody else. But then when I'm alone by myself or trying to do something, I'm so hard on myself. And it's like, I would never treat anyone else like that. So why the hell am I treating myself like that? You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and just know that the second that you ever, you know, you're having a bad day, right? It's not, you don't have to bear that burden on yourself, right? Like that's the whole point of this podcast. That's the whole point of everybody that's connected to you is that you can reach out to any of us at any time. We drop everything to, to make sure that you stay on track to, to be that shoulder to lean on, right? Like that's the whole part of this. We're all stronger together, man. So that's the thing we're learning that um, your strength is being vulnerable. You know, we're, yeah. you know that that's really where strength comes from is being able to pull down your walls, pull down the most terrifying things and lean on people. That's the hardest thing to do, but that's what makes all the difference. So it, it's awesome to hear you saying that. And, you know, even my mom's behind you and, you know, everybody keeps up with your stuff. So, I just, it's awesome to hear that. And man, it's life's crazy. So I even, you know, I haven't used or ever, but I go through my days, man, my ups and downs. And I talk negatively to myself. I, I swear we all have a form of mental illness, man. Yeah. It's just some, you know, some of us are just more predisposed. Like, you know, 
I kind of am too. You had something happen at a young age to you that led to your problems. You know, mine was, mine's genetic, you know, mine's in my blood and I'm still trying to navigate that myself and figure out and get out ahead of anything if I need to. So we're all affected by this some way, man. Even the most people that seem the most successful, the best, like does not matter. It doesn't, it affects everyone, touches every single person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I always say is if, if anybody out there knows somebody that has not been affected directly or indirectly by mental illness or addiction, please send them to me because there's not one. I I literally do not know one person that doesn't have a family member or friend or whatever that doesn't have one or both, you know, mental illness or addictions in in some capacity. And that to me is like, you know, there's like on the shirt, it says like end the stigma, but it's to me now, it's not even about ending the stigma. It's about normalizing these, these issues because this is a, a very common, you know, part of life for a lot of people and some, you know, hit, get worse or, you know, than others. Like, you know, I was homeless and in jail and, and overdose all these times. And, and maybe that is a little bit extreme, but still things like depression, anxiety, um, trying to just, you know, navigate their way. You know, we look at like, you know, Luke Prokop or Brock, you know, listening to, to Brock talk, trying to navigate his way through adolescence, through hockey, trying to just cover up all this stuff. Like there's so many different forms of it. And I think, like you said, we're all touched by it. And just to know that, you know, we're not alone. Um, and there's people to, to reach out to and to lean on. And I appreciate you saying that. And I, I just, I'm so grateful for your friendship and, and your support and same with your mom. Um, I'm a huge fan of yours uh, on and off the ice. I know we're friends, but legitimately I have so much respect, admiration and love for, for who you are as a person, for the way you play the game that, you know, I played my whole life uh, because it takes, it takes someone special to, to play that way. Never mind the person you are off the ice, but there is, there's a certain character level. Um, and we're, I'm kind of seeing with this new generation, like you might be the last, <laughs> you, you might be the last of the dying breed, man, like in the NHL, like in, in that. So, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that's not the case. Um, but I think that you're doing such an amazing job, man, representing hockey as a whole and yourself and your family. And, and you're just doing amazing work, man. Like, I appreciate that, man. It means a lot to me, man. This would be interesting when life get back to, gets back to normal, you know, if I can play up in Canada somewhere and have you at a game or something, it'd be pretty cool. So absolutely. Yeah. Something that's just, it's, it's having these conversations is what like brings you back to it. Sometimes you get caught up in just kind of doing everything every day and I'm doing all these things and stuff, but having these conversations, like it's always grounds you, you know, it always, uh, even listening to them just brings you back to what's important. So uh, it's awesome. It's awesome stuff, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I know that you've impacted, you know, a number of lives just from the ones that have I've spoken to. Um, and there's, you know, one individual that, you know, I'm going to be with next week, who's a huge fan of yours as well. And, you know, uh, recently came out as as trans at a very young age. And, you know, it was, uh, I think I told you this story yeah, before, yeah, yeah, you, did, yeah. you know, it was, it was, a it was last year, like a, almost a year ago. And it was something that, you know, I wasn't prepared for. It was such a great lesson for me 
Um, and just one of the the coolest experiences that I've ever had. And now me and this this young boy have become very like close and, and stay in contact and just a huge fan of yours, man. And um, yeah, I know that, you know, I reached out to you and you were able to send a message or follow, which which was so cool, man. And p- people listening don't think that that's going to happen. That was a very special, <laughs> special thing. Um, but that meant a lot to him and, and just to me, man. And, you, you know, you take the time um, and you care, right? Like that to me is another thing about you, Kurt, is like you're not this is not smoke and mirrors. This is, this is you. This is the real you. Um, you're standing up for the things that you believe in and not everybody does that, man. A lot of people will just look out for themselves all the time and that's the way it is. And that to me was a very hard life lesson. Cause I'm not like that. And one day I woke up and it was like, wow, there's a lot of shitty people in this world, <laughs> you know? And, you know, and it took me a long time to sift through to start to see the good ones again, like you, man. So I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. I appreciate that, dude. We're all trying, we're all trying our best, but hopefully whenever that is, we can have a place where, you know, everybody's just doing a little bit more and we all can carve out a little bit of time to help out with issues. You know, that's just that's being right. a good human being. That's right. One more question for you, just uh, from my friend Stuart. He says, "Hey Curtis, thanks, thanks for your honest conversation and your amazing work in the community." A question for you: Do you think the language players on the ice has, I'm assuming, says changed like over mm-hmm. the course of your career on the ice? Um, I mean, you definitely don't hear like you're gay out there or anything. I haven't heard, you know, the f word uh, in a long time. Um, I think the most just just still the habits there. Like, you know, you call somebody a cock, whatever, you know, like those kinds of things. And it's like in the heated part of the game and you kind of look at them, you know, and you're like, you know, sometimes it's, you know, whoever could be saying that I've, I've had the habit. So I think it's gotten less, it's not as um, all the time, but it's still there. So it's gotten better. It's not where it needs to be. Um, I think that's the first part we can change. If we can eliminate that, I think a lot of guys would feel a lot less, um, you know, a lot more comfortable in coming out. So I would say, say it's, say it was like a hundred percent bad before. I think maybe it's 75%. It's gotten 25, 30% better, um, which maybe not be too much, but it's going to take time. This has been ingrained and part of hockey culture since ever. So now it doesn't mean it's right. And doesn't mean, you know, guys are being malicious with it, but language is language intentional or not. It hurts people. So we're going to continue to work at that. I love it. Um, last last comment from Dean Smeal, the brother of Stan Smeal, senior advisor of the Vancouver Canucks. Says, first off, great story, man. You would look great in an with an orca on your chest. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I know. Furland. Furland. I hope Michael Furland's doing well with his post concussion syndrome and stuff. And I know they have uh, Zach McHugh in there, but yeah. uh, you know, I'm gonna go whoever wants me most, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Um, there was one more. I keep saying one more, one more, but there was one that uh, now I can't find it. Oh man! Just sorry to everyone commenting. I can't get. I can't get to all of them. But there was there was one that that I wanted to. I can't find it now. Oh well, I'll text it to you. Um, but yes, just there is one here too. Just for anybody that was watching earlier, my friend Will McIntyre says Layla Anderson is the young lady from St. Louis That's that we it. were talking about before. Yes. So thank yes. you. Thank you to uh, to Will for watching. Um, anyways, man, listen, I appreciate your time and wishing you all the best, man, this coming up season. Like I said, I'm a huge fan on and off the ice and 
I'm sure wherever you end up, you're going to do a hell of a job, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We'll just keep on, keep on working away and keep taking it day by day. Try and enjoy the little things. And we only got so much time left on the earth, man. So wherever we go next, I don't know where, we don't know where it is. So we might as well take advantage of it uh, now while we can. Absolutely. And, and who knows, man, I don't know. You're in, you're in London. It's not far. I know that you're busy training and you have so many other, uh, things going on but i'd love to love to get together with you sometime i'd really love to meet you at the rink of dreams i don't know if you have rollerblades but this place is sick man i know i've seen it i've seen it i know that they had that blade tech event on august 7th and i was thinking we were able to come but it might not be able to now i'm trying to get up to my mom's a couple times before i leave but um yeah no we'll we'll get together eventually here even if you can't come to that one i'm sure that we could make an arrangements whether it be this summer or next whatever but i i at the very least i'd love to just you know get together for lunch or something sometime soon man sounds good buddy i appreciate it okay man say hi to your mom for me say hi to michaela for me and uh take care of yourself buddy i will take care of yourself brady thanks so much you bet buddy we'll talk to you soon awesome guys that's curtis gabriel former san jose shark currently a free agent Good buddy of mine. Thanks, Kurt. Always love chatting with Curtis. Um, thank you to everybody who watched. I'm going to play off one sponsor, Regan Bartell, Jesse Paradise Team Issued. We'll see you in a minute. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leovold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssued.ca. Promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Awesome. Thank you, Regan Bartell. My favorite, best in the business, pitter-patter. Let's get at her. That's how he starts every single game. I love that guy. Make sure you guys check out Team Issue. Thank you for watching live. Thank you for chiming in on the comments. I'm uh, I'm just going to give away uh, a roll of tape and a puck to a random comment. Uh, and I'm going to give it away uh, to Coach Dad and Sons, Cam Reed, and family. You guys come up, see me sometime. Or I can ship it out to you if you want a different color puck, by all means. But uh, you guys are the winners for tonight. Thanks for watching. Thank you for participating in the comments, everybody. Uh, I am getting a bunch more Pride tape very soon. So if anybody you know wants a role that's watching live, you know I can't promise to get it to everybody. Um, but if you have a, a burning sensation for Pride tape, I'd be happy to uh, get a role. Uh, in your hands to spread the love. Uh, thanks again to Kurt for hooking me up with the amazing people at Pride Tape. I'm going to be in North Bay August 3rd to 6th with Dan Spence and 360 goaltending. Uh, I got a bunch of Pride Tape coming, which is cool. Um, for any kids that want it, I'm not going to push it on them, but definitely going to make it available to them. If anybody is in the North Bay area and you want to come say hi, you want to grab a coffee or, or lunch or breakfast or whatever, Shoot me a message on Instagram. You can find my personal account at Mental Health Hockey um, or at Puck Support. Currently, I'm the one running the Puck Support page. 
unfortunately, because I'm not very good at social media. We're almost at 2,000 followers. We were only at 1,000 not long ago. So plugging away, just trying to connect with as many people and just, just spread, the, spread the love, spread the hope, spread the awareness. But maybe most importantly to me, honoring those that we've lost, keeping their memory alive. I get teary-eyed just looking at this picture, not just because I have friends and my former coach in there, not just because I believe wholeheartedly that I should be in that picture, but my heart hurts for all the family members out there who have lost loved ones. These issues are real. Addiction, mental illness, overdoses, suicides. These are real issues and we're losing people in the hockey community. We can all do more for ourselves and for others. If you're struggling with any of these issues, you are not alone. There is hope. I promise you that. It's not easy. It's certainly not easy. And unfortunately, that's why so many people never make it out of it. But it is possible. Don't give up on yourselves. If you fall down, pick yourself back up and try something new. A wise man by the name of Albert Einstein once said, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Think about that for a second. If you really want to make a change, you really have to make a change. It won't just happen overnight. I tried and tried. I tried everything to just not have to really do anything. And I would just pray every night, please help me. Please make this addiction go away. But until I was actually willing to make a change, get honest, reach out, be vulnerable, as Curtis said, nothing was ever going to change. But today I'm almost 18 months clean. And I will once again say, if I can do it, you can do it. I promise you that, but it's not easy. Thank you so much for watching. Shout out to my family and friends out there in BC, especially my kids, Brooklyn and Brody. I can, I, I have to rush through that because I legit get teary eyed every time I even think about it. It's very hard for me to let myself go there. But I'm thinking of you guys all the time. I can't wait to get back home and, and see my family and what friends I have left after the turmoil of my life. A lot of them have come back and I've also accepted the fact that some people may never come back. People that I thought were lifelong friends. But that's okay because I have to accept their decision. I can't control people. I can't worry about what they're doing or what they're saying or what they're thinking. The only thing that I can control is what I'm doing and just keep moving forward. And I would encourage you guys all to try to do the same thing. Anyways, that's pretty much it. I'm excited for Wednesday night, legendary broadcaster Scott Oak from CBC Hockey Night in Canada, After Hours. Good friends with Ryan Reeves, by the way. He's joining the show. Tragically, Scott Oak lost his son, Bruce Oak, to an overdose in 2011. 
And he has started the Bruce Oak Recovery Center out in Manitoba with his wife to make a difference in the addiction community. I talked to Scott for an hour on the phone a few weeks ago. And again, the other day, he's an incredibly kind human being. And I'm just so excited and honored to have him on the show. Really looking forward to that. That's Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Same bat time, same bat channel. 1960s Batman, my favorite. Make sure you check out PuckSupport, PuckSupport.com. There's still a promo code open. Save 20%. It's going to save you 20%. The promo code, I'll throw it up for anybody watching live. This is just for Hockey to Hell and Back listeners now because I'm not promoting it, but it's still active. We have a bunch more stuff coming in, hopefully tomorrow or the next day. Got to pick it up. A new colored shirt that was requested by Lando Curry. There's only one of one right now. It's a light green. They're really nice, though. So we have a limited number of that. If you're in Morrisburg, anywhere near Ottawa, and you want to go check it out in person, One Stop Skate Shop, now the home of Puck Support Items, which was really, really cool. My buddy Matt, go see him and and his worker bee, Jaden Shaver, my little bud. It was awesome to see them the other day. Can't wait to get back up there. Shout out to my people at B-Sharp Ottawa. I see they're watching now, or they were. Go see Joe and Colin for your any of your skate needs, especially like true stuff. If you're into figure skating, Joe is the man. This guy's knowledge of skates and sharpening and everything is second to none. And they're the guys that I trust. They've helped me so much, you guys. I absolutely love you guys. Your support means so much. David Carlson is also watching. He is the reason that I even know Joe and Colin from B-Sharp. Shout out, as always, to David Carlson. I know you're watching. Your support means so much to me. Michelle up there in Morrisburg watching. With more awareness and conversations, more hockey players and others will come out and be able to live their true lives. Thank you for all you do for your quality. That's for Curtis, of course. Thanks for watching, Michelle. Gooby, thanks for watching. You want some custom skates done? Check out Gooby on Instagram. I'm dropping stuff. I'm trying to find Gooby's trying to find Gooby's Instagram handle. Elena's watching. Elena, we gave you a shout out earlier. I'm stalling to find Gooby's Instagram. At Gooby underscore customs. Check him out. At Gooby underscore customs. If you want to get some custom skates done like Curtis's, like so many other guys, make sure you check at Gooby customs. Elena, you arrived late, but we gave you a shout out. Lots of love to you out there in Germany. Anyways, guys, time for me to shut up. There it is. Gooby underscore underscore customs thanks sam um yes wednesday night scott oak check out puck support this episode is in memory of tom cavanaugh thinking of the cavanaugh family he'll never be forgotten here at puck support anyways that's it that's all thank you all so much for your support 
it absolutely means the world to me. You guys will never, ever truly know. If you liked it, share it with your friends. If you're listening to the audio, rate and review. That's how this thing grows. If you didn't like it, don't do any of those things. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Be grateful for the life you have. And remember, have a great day if you so choose. Pocket to Hell and Back is brought to you by Performance Wellness. The collaboration between First Star Therapy and MindFrame brings a flexible, holistic program to athletes. The goal is to empower and enhance every athlete's well-being on and off the field of play through focus on intentful movement and mindful practices. You can contact them at consult at firststartherapy.com and team at mindframe.info. Plus, you can check them out on the web at firststartherapy.com and follow First Star on Instagram at firststar.therapy and at MindFrame on Twitter plus MindFrameFit on Instagram. I want the real stuff, everybody listen up Cause I'll only say it once, I'm gonna show you all the path If you want it bad, I'm gonna show you every side Yeah, how you can get it back, yeah, cause I ain't never done I'll be number one, working hella hard until I get just what I want Yeah, rises like the sun, yeah, fatal like a gun Shooter's gonna shoot and I'm gonna shoot until I fall Yeah, let's do it alone, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow, till I finally prove it Never listen to the no's, I just wanna keep moving Yeah, I put out all this art, it's my only medicine Yeah, everything I do, I'm just being genuine Yeah, I'm sick of being screwed, feel my own adrenaline Yeah, I do just what I do, and I hope you let me in, let me in, yeah I'm grateful, oh yeah, able, oh yeah, I'm stable.